Second Thought, the podcast that revisits films to see if they stood the test of time. My name is Cameron. I'm Ken. And I'm Andrew. And today we're talking about The Golden Child. It, it's actually really hard to lay it all out. You have to sort of just overgeneralize. And it, the devil's in the details in this movie, really. The devil is in Eddie Murphy's leather hat. That's... <laughs> <laughs> The devil is the golden child, if you really think about it. The guy is such a prick. That little kid yeah. is a dink. He's, there's no other way to put it. He's just a dink. And uh, <laughs> why would you ever want to rescue that kid? Because the whole movie is about rescuing this golden child. And the kid is so annoying without doing anything. It's kind of like the Dalai Lama type character, right, as a right. child. Yeah. He has special powers to bring things back to life. The movie starts out in Tibet. Where we see a the easiest kidnapping of all time take place. Yeah, so basically they just walk into a temple and just take them. <laughs> yeah, they don't really have to do any, anything, really. Because the, the monks there are just a bunch of wusses. But um, yeah, so they kidnap this kid. And then it jumps to Eddie Murphy in L.A. It's this insane sequence reminding you that you're not in Tibet anymore, but you're in the USA. You know, it's like yeah. it's all these quick cuts of like the big Hollywood sign, gas prices, pictures of James Dean, and a big sign of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Wasn't there a Statue of Liberty being carted around in a convertible? Yeah, there was. A, <laughs> that, that's there, America in, in the right there. Of a truck. Like it was carted around in the back of a truck. Yeah. Just want to make it clear, we are now in America. <laughs> Yeah, and um, so so we meet Eddie Murphy, who I guess is a finder of lost children. Uh, yeah, but part time he acts as a, a basketball coach for uh, what looks like uh, the cast of Lord of the Flies. <laughs> <laughs> All these kids not wearing shirts, and they're like, "Hey, Mister." That's just inner city life, Cameron. Okay. <laughs> That's just that's just their lives, uh, and then he gets approached by a lady to help rescue this kid. Is that right? <laughs> that I'm I, I'm paraphrasing here. <laughs> and she and she is uh, yeah. Her job is to bring Eddie Murphy to Tibet, right? Yeah, because Eddie Murphy is the chosen one. Right. We forgot to mention that. That's very important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty convoluted story. I'd say it's really hard to explain. Everything that happens here. This woman who enlists Eddie Murphy to look for the gold child. She's like, oh, by the way, we're up against demons. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, like it's just offhanded. Yeah. So I've got some good news. I've got some bad news. <laughs> there are going to be demons. I looked at your resume and I see you've done a lot of team building with demons. <laughs> demons play basketball shirts and skins as well. So. <laughs> yeah. So it's a pretty. I got. I got. I got to admit, it's. Uh, they don't make movies like this anymore. It's pretty wacky. And it's starring the same guy from Big Trouble in Little China. James Hong, right? You're talking about James Hong. That guy. I'm telling you, he's a certification for any racist Chinese movie. <laughs> you're like, oh well, you know, it's like you you buy a piece of furniture and then you look underneath and you get the there's like a carving of an insignia or something or like a seal of approval. There's a James Hong seal of approval. 
Well, the only thing I remember about this movie uh, from when I was a kid is that this is the only time I, and I'm surprised I didn't do it more, is when I held a tape recorder up to the the, the end credits to bootleg the, the theme song. <laughs> you, you've done that too, Cameron, haven't you? Held up a uh, recorder and put it up to the TV and record uh, some stuff? Yeah, most mostly demon-based uh, movies. <laughs> No, uh, well, we talked about it before. Uh, I held it up to Crocodile Dundee. That's I think good. I probably listened to Crocodile Dundee uh, off off a cassette tape more than I've actually watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. walk, walking down the street in the inner city, my shirt off, boombox on my shoulder, playing that <laughs> Crocodile Dundee movie. Why wouldn't you? Have you guys ever gone out in public without a shirt on? <laughs> I, uh, I, I have, I have, uh, been so hot. I was, I was bike riding, uh, and it was so hot. I took my shirt off and immediately regretted it. Um, but kept it off cause I didn't want to look like one of those guys that just takes it off and then, um, feels embarrassed and puts it back on. So I felt <laughs> obligated to keep my shirt off for at least 15 minutes. Out of spite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Andrew. Oh God, no. <laughs> There's you no triple way. shirt most of the time, don't you? Yeah, there's no way, no way. I, I think at the beach, I remember once I went to the beach and then I left the beach without my shirt on just to walk back to the car and that was the like, most self-conscious I've ever been. Now, have either of you gone out in public with a leather hat? Oh, God. Oh, man. Love this hat. Love it. It only exists in this film. I remember I had a, I'm sure everybody here had a hat face, right? Right? I mean, I had a totally. hat face. Totally. I, I had a fedora face for a while. And uh, I remember just having friends walk several feet ahead of me because they were so embarrassed. At the time, I didn't know why. Uh, but I guess they, they thought it was pretty embarrassing to walk around with a guy uh, wearing a fedora. <laughs> this hat is not flamboyant enough. Oh, man. I remember, like, in... Grade school, the whole starter hat. Do you guys were you into the starter hat craze? Yep. Yeah. 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 So I, I did not. I, I don't think I've ever watched a sporting event in my life. But I was a huge uh, fan of the Chicago Bulls, uh, Notre Dame, <laughs> and uh, the Los Angeles Raiders. I had all those hats. <laughs> I wore them all the time, and I've still yet to see any of those. I don't even really know what sports those uh, teams match up to. <laughs> You're pretty sure the LA Raiders are a cricket team. <laughs> I remember when I was about nine years old, I bought a hat that had an X on it around the, the same time that Malcolm X came out. <laughs> oh my God, man. That is awesome. I was like the nerdiest, chubbiest little kid uh, with, you know, thick glasses wearing this Malcolm X hat. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> I don't even know if I knew who Malcolm X was, but I thought it was pretty cool. Like X, it's the coolest letter, right? Um, but uh, I guess going back to hats, do you guys remember? Uh, do you guys remember the show Harriet's Magic Hats? Nope. It's a uh, it's a girl who has this chest of hats, and every time she grabs a hat from the chest, uh, she puts it on, and she's magically transported to the place where that hat makes sense. So she puts on a policeman's cap, she goes to prison, and, <laughs> and she has to confront the biggest person in prison 
play Quantum Leap with hats. <laughs> Hopefully she never put on like an S&M zipper hat. <laughs> a leather daddy cap? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she puts on a, a Dr. Seuss hat and she's transported <laughs> to the Devil Stick Factory. <laughs> A lot of demons in that factory. She uh, puts on a, um, a a flight, you know, a, a pilot's cap with the goggles, and she's transported to a steampunk convention. <laughs> God, I wish I created this show. She puts on a Malcolm X hat and has to hang out with Cameron all day. <laughs> you guys would end up just going jogging shirtless. Oh man! Eddie Murphy's hat, man, pretty great. Great hat. We haven't even talked about the Pepsi can. Oh man, Devil is in the details. I'm telling you about this movie. It's like it's like this kid just brings a Pepsi can to life and it dances to putting on the Ritz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The best. It's the best part in the whole movie. The claymation dancing Pepsi can. That was really good. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. But it make it it just happens and is never mentioned again. Uh, and it's also never really a thing in the movie. It just happens. This movie single-handedly ruined oatmeal for me for the rest of my life. Okay? Well, you, if you need a child to eat blood, what better way than to put it in oatmeal? Yeah, there's a one scene. Okay, no, there's multiple scenes, but there's one pivotal scene at the beginning of the movie where Eddie Murphy walks into a murder scene, starts like looking around, sees a bowl of oatmeal, uses a spoon and picks at it, and when he picks at it, and yeah, as you do, right? What, 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 what's, what kind of clues am I going to find in this bowl of oatmeal? You, yeah, that's the first place. Eddie Murphy. Look. That is why he is the chosen one. He knew, <laughs> and he picked this oatmeal, and blood came out of it, and it was the most disgusting thing uh, I had ever seen as a child, and I could never eat oatmeal again. And my parents <laughs> ate it every Sunday. So I just had to eat this oatmeal and just hate my life every Sunday. This film is is out of control. Like, it's ridiculous. Near the beginning, Eddie Murphy is taken into what looks like the basement of an opium den. Oh my god, my favorite. You're about to tell them my favorite character in the whole movie. So there's this, they take Eddie Murphy to talk to this woman, this mystic, who is hidden behind this oh, screen. Man. Which is kind of like when you're watching the news and there's somebody in the witness protection program and they're like, I went into the back and the guy said to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is one of my favorite lines in all film history. This woman was relatives with an ancestor that was raped by a dragon. And yeah, raped by a dragon. Raped by a dragon. Let's think about that for a second. <laughs> I don't know how a dragon would rape anything. Um... First of all, is there a consensual sex with a dragon? <laughs> I think we would all have consensual sex with Dragonheart. <laughs> Man, like, okay, well, they would they show her leaps? Was it two times before the yeah. big reveal? Third times a charm. That three she times was a lady. like snake lady. Three times a snake lady. <laughs> Because I don't know if she was some kind of, like, I don't, it wasn't even look like a dragon. <laughs> I wouldn't say dragon. She also hissed. Like a rattlesnake. A rattlesnake. <laughs> yeah, it was a rattlesnake uh, lower body. Yeah. Yeah. So, which which really makes sense when your your blood comes from human and dragon, right? Yeah. 
Right. Right? <laughs> Wouldn't you be half dragon, half human instead of half snake? At what point did the... Uh, hey, maybe all the dragons turned into snakes the way dinosaurs turned into birds. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the dragons turned into James Hong, who then represented Chinese people for the next 20 years in racist Chinese movies. Well, I think uh, most of the people who played uh, Asian people in this film were demons. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know where we stand on that. What other demons are there? I like the demon from uh, Golden Child. Pretty great demon. Which uh, incarnation of the demon? The human demon or the claymation demon at the end? Is there even a choice? Of course the claymation demon, man. Of course. <laughs> now, now were the California raisins demons? <laughs> <laughs> They they were to me, uh, and I loved them for that. I had their tapes. I had all the California Raisins tapes. I went to garage sale on the same day that I bought. Uh, I I bought a couple of tapes. First, my first tape. Well, I tell people this, uh, and I, it's like omitting the. It's here's me omitting the history of my life. I tell people uh, that my first tape was Michael Jackson's Bad, which is the truth. But I neglect to tell them that I also bought four California Raisins tapes while I bought the Michael Jackson tape. <laughs> so there's a... There's four yeah, tapes? there was four tapes. It was their masterpiece. It was a four-tape album. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Flaming Lips experiment. <laughs> you have to play all four tapes at the same time. One for each raisin? <laughs> Oh man! See, I I tell people that uh, my very first tape was MC Hammer. Please don't hurt him. But in reality, my first tape was Crocodile Dundee taped off the television. Talk <laughs> <laughs> more about this Malcolm X hat than I want so bad. <laughs> Asian flute music makes a makes a reoccurring uh, role in in this in this movie. Just like in Gleaming the Cube. I'd like to see a movie where they have demon flute music. <laughs> Come on, Hollywood. Come on. Answer, answer our prayers. Send me an angel. Or demon, in this case. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to On Second Thought. Make sure to check out our website, onsecondthoughtpodcast.com. On Twitter, at OSTpodcast.com. And let us know what you think on iTunes. Uh, it really helps us out. Can you imagine maybe in a future where we're only a star-based economy? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, man?